All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. D Financial Friday. We are back. We were off last week. It was a nice little weekend. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited to be back. Raymond, what you do? Long weekend. You uh, enjoy yourself? Feel like it was finally a little bit more normal? Yeah, definitely. Uh, went out uh, to a friend's birthday party. Uh, went to a barbecue. Had really nice weather. <laughs> so definitely felt like, you know, some of these things that we haven't experienced for a while. Um, came back that three-day weekend. Uh, hopefully you had something similar too. Yeah, it was good. Uh, you know, uh, saw some friends that we haven't in a long time, went down to Southern California, mm-hmm. took a little drive there, and uh, it was nice. So hope everyone out there who's watching and streaming also felt a little bit more normal and, and uh, you know, seeing a little bit of that uh, exciting summer travel, I hope, coming back, right? But again, welcome. This is DeFinancial Friday. My name is Alfred from Diversified Capital. Raymond, of course, joining me uh, on the show as well. And uh, for those of you joining us, that's new. Uh, the show is about uh, talking about finances in an easy and simple to understand way. Raymond and I will usually talk a little bit about what we see in the markets in layman's terms. And then, of course, uh, we jump into talking about a weekly financial planning topic, something that comes up, something that we've seen Uh, from clients or friends and family and what other topic do we get more often than not and frustratingly enough so much misinformation about is taxes huh so raymond and i will have something to talk about where we hear all the time right like Mm -hmm. my gosh i owed taxes in april i owe so much tax like how like what's wrong right like how do i fix that like I'm, i'm paying through the nose all of that right and so but how many people actually understand like why that's happening how much taxes they're actually paying so you know we're gonna address some of that what is true what is not true what can help what can't help right so we'll dive into that in the second part of our show today all right um all right and so as we get started here we're going to talk a little bit about the market um and usually uh before we begin we talk about how anything that we discuss on d financial fridays is just for general financial education not meant to be for specific financial planning advice if you're looking for that well head to diversifycapital.com click on get started and learn a little bit about how we are trying to you know uh change how the financial industry and financial advisors uh, operate and uh, something that hopefully is a little bit more fitted for a new generation of how we consume information. Okay. Um, uh, as we talk about taxes, of course, today, uh, also understand that we are not acting as your tax professionals. We, of course, have a deep understanding of taxes as a topic, uh, but this is again meant for you to be hopefully start asking the right questions about your own finances. Uh, anything that comes through, make sure. You do some research yourself, uh, or if it's something that you can't tackle, uh, make sure to direct that to your tax professional or tax preparer. All right, so let's get started. Again, thinking a little bit about the stock market. It was a little bit of a short week. It certainly felt that way, right, from a work week perspective. Flew by, came back Tuesday, and and here we are with the show. So here we've got some market numbers at the bottom here. What did you see, Raymond, in terms of a short week? Yeah, so I mean, with the S and P, or just reading through the the, the performance this past week, yeah, uh, S and P is up about sixty one zero point six one percent. Dow Jones is a little bit higher at zero point six six percent. Nasdaq, 
lagging a little bit here, uh, but still up overall, uh, a little bit under half a percent this past week. So, um, you know, year to date numbers, uh, we're still seeing Dow Jones leading the way, S&P kind of just uh, falling along there. Uh, but we did see some uh, performance from NASDAQ this past couple of weeks. Maybe we, since we skipped the last week, we didn't quite see that uh, gains from a week ago. Uh, but even with NASDAQ not as high this week, um, NASDAQ's actually up 7.19% year to date, whereas S&P 500 down Jones up around 12 to 13%. So a little bit of catching up there from where we saw before. Um and, you know, some of the things that we're seeing uh, this past week is uh, there's been a miss back to back in terms of just payroll gains, mm. uh, which is also serving as just a potential to see that, you know, a lot of this um, help from our government still needs to be there. Right. All the stimulus that we've been seeing um, still need to keep the economy afloat. Um, but, you know, overall, in terms of, you know, June and what's been reporting back in terms of unemployment rates, that also has decreased. So that's a good sign that people are going back out there getting more jobs. Um, but, you know, it's nice to see some of the growth stocks and technology that they got beaten, uh, you know, the past, you know, the first quarter of this year is starting to climb back a little bit there. Yeah. So jobs are being added, but again, in summary, mm-hmm. maybe not as high as people are expecting, right? Still, I think something like mm-hmm. 500 and five, 559,000 jobs being added, right? I think uh, unemployment is still up there, right? 5.8%. And, you know, that's going to be something that we everyone keeps an eye on. And, and we on the show talk about these data points. Why are they important? Because it is not only important from a market perspective, but I think it's important to see, like, is there actual growth in, in, in the economy, right? Because if the economy is growing, companies are doing well, it drives companies getting better uh, revenues, which then pushes up the stock price, right? Of course, mm-hmm. right? Like there are so many more factors, but these are just some of them. We also haven't talked about, right? Like vaccinations and how that is. It's weird, right? I think the, yeah. you know, news ebbs and flows and, and you're not seeing as much of this idea of like, are people getting vaccines where the vaccines are, are at? I think it's just assumed at this point is in most cases, it's open to everyone. If you're going to go get it, you're getting it. If not, right. Uh, you're not. And it did read an article. I don't know if you saw this, Raymond, that uh, uh, sounds like the there was an increased uh, vaccination uh, 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 numbers once they launched the uh, lotteries. And so uh, uh, maybe it is working. Right. And so, um, you know, anecdotally certainly feels like a lot of people that we know are fully vaccinated, but also just this idea of travel picking up, right? Uh, planes are full, right? And and so, you know, ultimately, if that's being done in a safe way, I think that's uh, good to see. And, and, and hopefully things get back on track towards normality, right? Or at least whatever that new normal is. Uh, again, that trend uh, to close out on the market is still there, which is the difference between growth stocks and value and S&P stocks is still a pretty big difference, right? I think you said 12, 13% in S&P and in uh, Dow, which is the, again, 500 biggest companies and the the, the more stable stocks, right? Uh, is still about a 7% difference from NASDAQ, which is the growth stocks, right? So again, if you're looking at things to be invested in and buying into, sometimes it's good to just be spread out, right? Uh, um, and you'll you know notice this year, if that's the case, you'll probably uh, still be doing quite well. I think in any given year, if you told me it would be a 12, 13% year in some of these indices, that's fantastic, right? Like it you is. can't really complain yeah. about that, right? And so uh, just, uh, you know, I think as quickly as 
information moves now, I still expect that there to be some decent volatility that maybe we haven't seen yet this year. So, mm -hmm. all right. Jumping uh, to our kind of uh, core part of the show, talking about the topic itself. Man, I mean, I will say, even our friends this weekend, right? Like, uh, and if you're watching, yeah, I'm talking about you, right? You were talking about, look, I'm yeah, owed taxes. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I owe taxes. Like, I've never had that happen before. Like, what's going on? Like, I must do something now to lower my taxes, right? This idea of lowering your taxes. Now, Look, you know, I'm not out there to be talking about this all the time, but I think it's good to use this show to, to really say, what does it mean when most people say, Ray, that they're owing taxes? Like, what are they talking about when they're saying they owe taxes? Is it what taxes they owed overall in the year or is it just the amount of difference in April? Yeah, I mean, when most, you know, friends, family, when they talk about owing or getting a refund on the other side, it uh, generally comes down to what happens in April, right? So not yeah, necessarily yeah. how much they paid overall, because I don't think they really look at that number. Mm -hmm. They're just really comparing, hey, I got a bigger refund than you. You know, maybe uh, there was something that went on, or maybe you made more money, there's more taxes that you're owing. Um, but they're always comparing just that last number, which is not the best way to compare things, because everyone's situation is different, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so, but you you feel this. I, I, I certainly... Yep. I, by the way, it's sure. not that I don't get it. Like if I get a refund at the end of the year, if I wasn't expecting a refund, certainly it's nice. But if I, you know, planned on getting a refund, that's a little weird because if I asked you, Raymond, would you ever want to give the IRS a tax-free loan? No, no. No. Um... Right? Why would you want to do that, right? Why would you want to yeah. do that? But yet, right, like getting a refund at the end of the year is exactly that, right? Because to be clear... When most people talk about owing taxes, what they're talking about is taking what taxes they really paid after all the income and calculations minus what they withheld from their paychecks gives them their net number, right? So in a situation of a refund, their withholdings, what they withheld throughout the year was too much. Like they just gave the IRS too much money throughout the year and thus they got a refund. So while they might be happy with that, what they owed in taxes didn't change, right? Like that is a set number. Like that's what exactly. we should be focusing on. So yeah. someone who owes the same in taxes to the IRS, one withheld more gets a refund. Like emotionally, they could be happy about that, right? <laughs> but yeah. one that owed the same amount of tax but paid less taxes during the year and withheld lax pays taxes in April is unhappy about that except for in this situation, I'm saying they both owe the same amount of taxes to the government, right? So it's really yep. just more of a maybe just mind tricks you're paying, playing on yourself, right? And so I think that's number one thing right here is identifying that whether you owe in April versus getting money back in April, right, shouldn't really be the determination of saying, oh my gosh, I owe so much tax, right? Because what you should actually be looking at to say how much tax you're owing is something called your effective tax rate. Like on average, if you made $100,000 as a household and you paid a total of $15,000 in tax all said and done, regardless of what you withheld, that is a 15 15% effective tax rate that you owe. That's the percentage of tax. And the way to think about that is, hey, Every dollar I earned last year, right, earned 
uh, I had to pay 15% in taxes on, right? And that, honestly, you tell me, Ray, like, is that pretty high or pretty low in terms of the scale of like, you know, where we think taxes are historically as well? It's uh, definitely on the lower side there yeah. for the right? 15%. And, and I don't think many people notice or realize what their effective tax rate is, right? Or mm -hmm. I think right, most people have a hard time understanding overall because they're just not familiar and aren't looking how the taxes work. So review with us, Raymond, before we explain again what effective tax yeah, rates yeah. and what you can do, what does it mean? Like what happens in tax rates in the US? Like what is this idea of a marginal tax rate versus effective tax rate? Let's explain that again. Yeah. So just to clarify, you know, when we look at tax brackets, I think people are familiar with our tax brackets, but we're not really sure how it works, right? I mean, how many times have we received questions from clients where they're saying, hey, I don't, I don't want to be pushed into our next tax bracket mm -hmm. because they received the bonus because they're assuming that every income that they're receiving is going to be taxed at that next tax bracket, right? right. So um, just as a reminder, so our tax bracket, tax bracket starts at 10%, 12, 22, uh, 24, 32, all the way up to 37%. Now, for the first 10% tax bracket, that's for income made between $0 up to um, $20,000 for married filing jointly. Okay, so the next tax, tax bracket is 12%. Anything falling between $19,900 up to $81,000 gets taxed at 12%. Okay. Um, so our tax brackets are marginal, meaning that anything above the past threshold gets charged at that next tax bracket. So going back to the case of the client asking us, you know, should I take the bonus because it's going to push me into maybe the 32 or 35% tax bracket? Yes, we should definitely still take that bonus because <laughs> it's still income to you, right? So it's not everything falling between maybe like $330,000, which is the starting point for 32%, gets charged at 32%. It's only the incremental portion above $330,000 that gets charged at 32%. That's a, that's a hot take right there, Raymond, you know, <laughs> offered a bonus. You should take it. Yeah. I hope so. Right. But no, I, I, it's funny. You, like happens, it might, yeah. you might seem it's obvious, but it's not like, I think we get that yeah. question. It's like, oh my gosh, I, or to your point, Raymond, and this was covered uh, at, in shows before, right. We talk about like mm -hmm. bonus being taxed at a higher level. That's also yeah. incorrect, right? Like bonus is income and it's all taxed the same way but it feels like it's being taxed at a higher level because they withhold it at different tax rates. And that tax rate withheld might be higher than how your normal paycheck gets withheld. But guess what? By the end of the year, they sum up what the income was, put the taxes in, check your withholdings, and you still it's the same thing, right? And it's the same exactly. idea that mm -hmm. withholdings, anything that's happening during the year, right? It's just an estimate of what taxes that you are going to owe, right? You're going to owe some right. amount of taxes once everything is tallied up, but how much did you pay towards that during the year? And that's that idea where mm -hmm. bonus is taxed higher. No, it's just withheld higher, right? So to your point, Raymond, right? Like you have a situation where you have these marginal rates. So all I'm saying is if I average that out, right, then you mm -hmm. get this idea of effective tax rate, which is on average, right? What is it that I paid in taxes for every dollar that I earned? And, mm -hmm. you know, if you're paying 10, 15, 20%, I would say that that's a still fairly like reasonable number. And then as your income goes up, right? Five, six, 700,000, let's say, right? You might actually get towards effective rates of 30% on the federal side. And that certainly is on the higher end, right? It's on the higher mm -hmm. end. Now, back to this idea of, owing taxes well 
if your effective rate is starting to rise, right? If your effective rate is starting to rise, there's a good chance that whatever you're putting away during the year is misaligned, right? It's misaligned. So Raymond, tell us a little bit about withholdings and what you can do to change that. So before we, again, we talk about how do you actually adjust the real taxes that you owe? Like, like, you know, in terms of, are there ways to minimize? Let's first talk about like, are there ways to just simply say, make sure I'm withholding enough or make sure I'm not getting a big refund. What is it that we have to change actually to make those things aligned? Yeah, so there are forms that you can go through your HR department uh, or even go online um, where you can change how much is being withheld for IRS and how much is being withheld for your states, right? So for California, that's the DE4 form. Um, for federals, that's the W-4 form. So clients might see this as familiar when they maybe start a new job. They'll ask you to fill this out. You, know, you have to figure out how much deductions you might be receiving throughout the year. Um, they'll figure out just how much income that you're going to make, and they'll estimate how much taxes to withhold for you, right? Now, not everyone's scenario is going to be the same because this is purely just W-2 income. You might be receiving other income outside of W-2 um, that's not being factored in as part of taxes that you have to withhold for or even capital gains, right? But one of the things that you can do if you are able to estimate your taxes that you're going to owe on all your income received for the year is adjust your withholding through your payroll. So that way, you know, every single paycheck that you're receiving is going to be lower, but at least you're putting more towards taxes and come April, you're going to try to break even or maybe just owe a little bit. Um, so once again, not giving out a free loan out to the IRS or to California. Yeah, absolutely. And so, right, adjusting your withholdings, okay, is I would say the second point here. So first point is whatever you owe in April or get a refund in April, right? That's really just a result of your withholdings against your taxes. So I don't know that you need to be happy or sad that that's happening. I think it's going back to understand why you're owing those taxes. Like if in one year you went from getting a refund to the next year owing money, certainly that is odd. Okay. But is it because all of a sudden you made a lot more income? Well, if you've made a lot more income, again, you're withholding percentages that you've set up, maybe now incorrect. So now you need to go to step two, which is, adjust your withholdings right so using the forms that raymond said the form i think in 2020 right for for w4 changed so they have a yep. better questionnaire walk you through a process and help you identify what is it that you need to change and then you'll see pay stub to pay stub did it match up so what i mean by that is if you found yourself in 2020 this past year uh or this just past month and paying your 2020 taxes that you owed money go check out the w4 form Make sure you answer the questions and then you would check the next pay stub that comes after that and see if they took more taxes out for federal. How much was it that they took out? So it is a little bit more work, but I think by doing so, it helps you better understand and project, right? Yep. And, and not get a surprise tax bill or a surprise tax refund even in that case, right? So check your withholdings is number two. All right. All right. So we, what we've talked about so far is in a way, accepting the fact that right you owe these taxes right but we are going to get a lot of questions from people about alfred that's good and all but how do you actually minimize taxes okay so if you don't like paying taxes in april here's what you can do withholdings is one of them but i'm going to say this out loud right now which is if you are an employee like you work for a 
company, you get pay stubs, right? You're not a self-employed. Is there much that you can really do, Raymond, to reduce your actual taxes? I'm not talking about the withholding versus the actual tax, but the actual tax bill itself. Is there much that you can do? Yeah, I mean, hopefully your employer does offer an employer sponsor plan, like a 401k. Mm -hmm. So that is something that you can participate in. And, um, you know, if you can participate and contribute to the pre-tax portion of your 401k, that actually goes against your taxable income for the year, right? Um, for 2021, the pre-tax is maxed out at $19,500. So yep. if you have the ability to to max that out, you know, for example, if you made 100K in income by contributing $19,500 towards the 401k, now your taxable income shrinks down to $80,500. That's going to be taxable instead. So that's yep. one way to lower your overall taxable income. Um, other maybe benefits that's being offered to you through work, something like a you know, HSA or FSA, dependent care, for example. Those are some of the tax advantage plans where if you contribute to it, it's going to be non-taxable as long as you use it towards a specific purpose, right? So if your company does provide that benefits, definitely get to look into it, see how that can benefit you as well. So what you're talking about there, Raymond, is, hey, you know what? You work for a company, while you might not be able to actually just in general minimize taxes or get rid of taxes, you can defer taxes, right? So mm -hmm. what we're talking about is taking income today which is what we're even saying in a 401k, put it away. And IRS says, great, you haven't paid yourself this yet. So we're not going to tax you on this. So we call that a pre-tax 401k deduction. And then down some, sometime in the future, hopefully sooner rather than later. Right. And you retire and by 59 and a half, you say, Hey, you know what? That's the age at which most cases for some retirement accounts differ. But in most cases, that's where you can take out your money. And when you take it out, it will be taxed as income then. So to be clear, it doesn't get rid of the taxes. It just defers the taxes, right? It defers mm -hmm. the tax. And it's the same that goes for, right? An HSA, a health savings account, FSA, flex spending account, some of these things, dependent care FSA, all these benefits, right? They're all for particular reasons, right? Health, uh, uh, health savings account for certain healthcare expenses, same with uh, FSA, but then there's a dependent care FSA. So if you have kids, right? If you have kids, then, and you're sending them to uh, uh, preschool, right? Or certain type of like something care. that, right? Daycare, yeah. that basically, when I say preschool, I should take that back. Anything that allows you to, right? The parents to work, right? And not as mm -hmm. tuition, okay? So it's anything that is care that allows you to work. Um, you can, right, say, hey, you know what? I put, uh, some amount of money away, which by the way, right, has increased drastically in limits. It used to be a household number of $5,000 you can defer taxes on, right? Now it's $10,000, over $10,000 that you can do, right, based off of new stimulus bills, which is nice, right? Because it helps parents like myself to say, wow, I'm sending my kids to uh, something where they're being watched over and I can actually get some tax benefit from that reduced income. But all the things that we're saying is, a reduction of income so that you can pay tax later, right? It doesn't actually get rid of taxes. To be honest, as employees, there are not that many magic tricks that you can play on your taxes. There just isn't, right? I mean, income is income, right? And so what we're talking about here is, right, being very aware of why, right, you're owing taxes, 
don't be so happy if you're getting a refund because that money could have been used elsewhere and invested. You basically gave a tax-free loan and being very conscious of what your withholdings are to match up, right? To mm -hmm. match up. Um, and so in this case, right, uh, I think, you know, some might say, well, Alfred, then, you know, why do I pay the tax man at all during the year, right? Like, why don't I just, you know, um, you know, why don't I just pay it all at the end of the year so I'm not giving them any tax-free loan? So what would you answer, Raymond, if someone asked you that? Yeah, so everyone's tax situation is a bit different, uh, but the IRS is going to want their taxes depending on how much you had sold and capital gains that you're getting throughout the year. Um, and if you don't pay enough taxes throughout the year, then there's going to be underpayment penalty that's going to assessed onto your tax return come April. So mm -hmm. it's definitely an unnecessary cost that we see it as um, and definitely can be avoided by either paying more or up increasing your withholding, for example, paying estimated quarterly taxes throughout the year um, just to avoid that penalty. Because once again, the IRS is going to want their share of the taxes if it goes up over a certain amount. Okay, And the way to satisfy or to avoid underpayment penalties is to either pay at least 110% of last year's taxes or at least 90% of this year's estimated taxes. Okay, yep. um, But that's one big reason there is to, you know, instead of just waiting everything until come April, there's going to be some penalties assessed there. Yeah. And so, Raymond, your internet was lagging a little bit there, so I'll repeat. I heard you just fine. Your video was lagging just a little bit. Um, sure. uh, but again, you know, uh, paying taxes throughout the year is a requirement, right? Now, you may not mm -hmm. know this in terms of needing to make additional payments, but paying taxes throughout the year is already what's happening if you're an employee and have a pay stub, right? Because yeah. it's being withheld paycheck to paycheck. And so what Raymond is saying is, what happens if you want to take it to the extreme and on your W-4 form, you're like, don't withhold any taxes, right? Because Alfred said, don't give them a tax-free loan. Well, again, there is some amount of taxes you have to pay over time as you're earning uh, income because the IRS sees it as income earned as taxes paid while you earned it, like right away, right? But they give you some leeway. And that's what Raymond is talking about is that leeway is either 90% of that current year that you owe needs to be withheld or between 100 and 110%, depending on your income levels using prior year, right? So there are different ways to satisfy that, okay? And so in that case, you can kind of find that blend. And that's why we kind of want to stick towards the idea where right, your taxes are kind of right in the middle where you're not owing a whole lot uh, or maybe you're only getting a little bit of a refund, right? Um, but in that case, um, you can adjust that with the W-4 form. Okay, to summarize, if you paid taxes in April and you didn't like it, sorry, there's not much you can do. No, I'm just kidding, right? Well, really, what you can really think about is when you paid in April, that doesn't actually mean, right, my taxes were high or low, right? It just means that your withholdings were off. I think that's a very, very good step one mm -hmm. to understand. Step two. Look at your effective tax rate and then say, what is it that I'm actually paying? Why is it that I'm paying that much? Um, and adjust my withholdings to match that. Step three, if I don't like how much taxes I'm paying, right, it's too high. Look and identify, are there things that Raymond said in terms of pre-tax vehicles that you can put towards like a 401k? HSA, FSA, if it makes sense for you and your family to do that, right, to defer those taxes to reduce what you're paying in taxes today to pay that some point in the future, right? 
does it make sense in, in doing that? That's a whole nother question about whether you think right taxes today are higher or lower. I won't get into that. But if you're just simply saying, I want to reduce my taxes today, right, then mm -hmm. that's something that you could do, right? And so those are the, you know, basic level of understanding that someone should have around their taxes yet majority of people don't have it and that's why we're here talking about it right and hoping yeah. to give you guys a little bit more insight giving my friends and family who's watching this some insight into how <laughs> i and the company think about taxes so you know that it's not so much of right like oh man like just what happened in april there's so much more to it yeah and probably oh. one thing i want to add too is just given that there's been a lot of new investors this past year yes, <laughs> and us yes, being so much gains um, since, you know, last March, last, last April, you know, for individuals who are selling in 2021, whether it's short-term or long-term, it's not the same as W2 income where when you receive income, they're withholding taxes for you, right? So if you're not mm -hmm. familiar with taxes, hopefully this, this show today can give you some insight there, but just be prepared. I think that's really the most important thing is that I want you to know how much you might be owing or if you're getting a refund come April, that it's not a surprise to you, right? Yeah. Um, but when you do sell stock, there's no taxes withheld on the gains there, but you will owe taxes on it because it's considered capital gains to you for that year. So, you know, if you did sell a lot, you had a lot of great gains, that's awesome. But just once again, uh, be mindful uh, that the IRS is going to the state's going to want to collect taxes on that. So yeah. come next April, either be prepared, do some estimates yourself of how much short-term, long-term capital gains that you received, and that will, that will help uh, in giving you an estimate as well. Absolutely. And if you're wondering why we haven't talked anything about, well, what about my stock equity? How is that tax? That's a yeah. whole different topic. It does relate to taxes, but we've done a couple episodes there talking about RSU taxation, how, you know, <laughs> Is that different from in, like your your tax differently? Same thing, right? We've done a couple mm -hmm. series on that. So go back to our YouTube channel or Facebook and search RSUs and you should be able to find uh, uh, something there. Uh, if you're at our YouTube, go under Money Mythbusters, a series we did last year uh, where we kind of just talked about different financial myths and well, we talked about why they were true or not, right? So there was an RSU one in there that I think would be a very good watch for you guys to understand mm -hmm. how RSUs are actually taxed all right cool well another friday show right on the mark here uh happy to be back uh if you guys are interested in learning more about all the different topics that we talk about again uh i would say go to our youtube check out our different playlists you can see all the different shows that we have done drop us a like subscribe to our channel uh we're always uh coming online here streaming to you guys across the platforms Friday, 3 p.m. Pacific, unless there's some holiday, right? And so we look forward to seeing you guys uh, next week. Uh, we'll be back on with Raymond and uh, talking a little bit more about these topics that uh, 